Hello, this is Joseph and Train, and welcome to a new episode of Home of Sound. Home of Sound is the virtual and global home for any music lover to connect, learn, and engage with the electronic music community. We started the platform with this very podcast series to discover and share insights into the life, work, and tools of producers, DJs, VJs, promoters, label owners, playlist curators, and other creators. Since the global pandemic hit, we launched a series of online masterclasses with creators such as Ansom, Scalameria, Francois X, Swarm Intelligence, Freddy K, Face Fatal, VJ Martinovna, Malika Maria, Lag, BSK, Romek, Manny D, Arjun Bagale, and many, many more. If you're interested in the masterclasses, you can access any of them, also in bundles, on demand at www.homeofsound.co.uk. To say hi, connect with us, suggest new guests, leave feedback and see what else we're up to, you can find us on Instagram at home underscore of underscore sound. And for all the other links, visit linktr.ee slash home underscore of underscore sound. And now let's start with today's guest. Enjoy. Christoph Heinze, better known as Inalt der Nacht, joins Homo Sound for a podcast interview. Berlin-born, his sound has been shaped by influences from Cold Wave and New Wave, blended seamlessly with elements of rock music that he was exposed to in his younger days. Having already established his name as one of the freshest DJs and producers of his genre, Christoph started his own label The Bendig in 2017 to support music by fellow like-minded artists alongside his own. 2019 saw Christoph's track Doses spread to the underground scene of Berlin like wildfire, after it appeared on the compilation album The World of Monon Black by Dax J. Christoph's eminence nowadays has granted him residency to some of the most active clubs, such as Grismule in Berlin, Kiddy in Tbilisi, Georgia, and Rodzone in Munich. In this chat, Christoph talks us through his experiences playing and producing techno and also his experimental exploration with theater scoring started in Havana, Cuba. We delve into the Christoph's fast, recounting his first experiences with the underground scene, as well as the music that influenced him and provided the foundation to his raw and unbound sound that we know today. We also look at labels and how artists can be nurtured around these platforms and we get first-hand insights into how he became resident of Rozzone, Grismule, and Kiddy. And we finally get a sense of the ever-evolving drive of its artist toward fresh and unconventional sounds. Enjoy the next chat with Inald Dernacht. Chris, thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure to meet you and to have you here. Thank you, man. <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy to be with some, with some people, <laughs> finally, around. I mean, exactly. <laughs> even if it's digital <laughs> even if it's virtual and we were just talking that like uh, we both have our hair are like growing super wild now yeah and there's no there's getting no, punky you know getting punky exactly like, <laughs> yeah, we don't give a shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and christoph for people who don't know you if someone meets you at a cocktail party or a house party and they ask you the usual question what do you do how would you reply <laughs> Uh, I would say like, hey, I'm enjoying my drink, my beer, and enjoying the party. <laughs> so what do you do? <laughs> it's a it's a it's a great way to uh, like bounce back the question. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, I really don't like to you know 
start in a new talk with people I don't know with directly like, hey, I'm in Halter Nacht and making music and stuff like this. You know, I'm I'm more a fan when uh, people uh, treat me like I'm just Christoph, you know, and uh, I'm doing music and that's everything what, what they should know. Yeah. You know. And, and also, like, it feels like it, it brings some prejudice. Maybe it's a good prejudice if they like your music, if they know you already, like, if you are, say who you are as an artist, they stop. Yeah. Like, they don't meet you as a person first. They think about you yeah. as the DJ, the artist. Yeah, that, that's really, I mean, I, at one point, for sure, I, I really enjoy to see, like, how many, how many people know me already from my music side. But... Um, I don't know. Uh, I I also I think I can't handle it so much mm. that uh, you know too many people know me and everything. So that's why I I try to keep myself as normal as I can. And yeah. um, also uh, like yesterday I had a situation when I did go to the Edeka to buy some food. There was uh, someone who told uh, who asked me like, "Hey, I I know you." But from where? And then she comes to the point that, ah, you are in Halter Nacht. And in this situation, I always try to make jokes, you know, like to make the situation not so serious. And yeah, like, no, no, it's not me. You're, you're mistaken. Okay? Yeah. Ah, it's my twin brother. Ah, yeah. <laughs> What's Something. A, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to techno, man. I listen to Nirvana, rock music, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it makes it more fun and then and then you get the chance to speak with people like more naturally you connect with them as a as a person yeah yeah and it's also much easier for me you know because uh i mean i'm totally lucky that i can make a living out of my hot of out of my hobby but um i also i don't want to make it too serious you know like um yeah. i don't want to I, I always want to keep the fun in it, you know, always, always keeping, um, always not seeing it so much as a job, you know, yeah. because when, when it becomes a job for me only, it will be a little bit boring. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I think I will lose the, I, I will lose the, um, uh, relationship to it. Yeah. Because it becomes then like you, you, it's almost like someone is putting you in a box that you need to react to that. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm also doing this music uh, job uh, because I want to be free. You know, I don't want to be uh, part of a big company um, and something like this. I just want to enjoy my freedom and and want to make music and enjoy music and stuff like this. So, uh, yeah, this is what I always try to um, try to keep in it. Yeah. Do you find that like the the fact that now you have a brand and people ask for your music, they ask you to play gigs, they ask you to release on their labels. Do you find that, that sometimes that is limiting for you because you feel like someone is trying to impose something on your creation? Mm, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think it gives always two sides of those meetings. When you meet people who ask you if you want to play on their parties or release um release on the labels or making a podcast or whatever uh sometimes you really feel that um they're not interested in 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 what you're doing uh they're more interested in um oh wow he has like 50k followers on instagram maybe we right. can push our page with his 
with his um, brand. brand or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or community. Yeah. yeah. But but I I I think after all the years I'm doing this now, I I have a good feeling for it, mm -hmm. and um, I I always feel when you know when it is a real connection, or when it's just like on business space or whatever. Yeah. And you've been you've been in music for for a long time now, and for background, mm -hmm. like I think I have realized that you had another alias called Escape from Mars. Uh, Escape to Mars. <laughs> Escape to Mars. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm, I I think I've, I the track that made me uh, find you as an as an artist was uh, was called Moments in Space. I think mm -hmm. it came out in uh, 2017 as this kind of loopy. Uh, loopy vocal or like sample of a of a woman i think speaking yeah. and I, yeah. i didn't know i didn't connect that that was you so yeah. do you think like the so if you think about your escape to mars and now your in out and nacht uh, alias uh, do you feel that, like the two things are perceived differently therefore there is a different pressure on you as an artist when you make music mm. um i mean uh I started making music when I was uh, 17 or I mean starting uh, with DJing and, and playing around with like uh, records at home and um, for sure I had also uh, two uh, another two names before but this was just like you know nothing 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 to name so um, Escape to Mars was the, the first um alias where where i had the, the the vision and and the feeling okay i want to see uh what i can do with this because i i really felt comfortable with making music and i i enjoyed it a lot and and had so much fun and um also from the beginning i had the luck that it was really everything went really quick so i had also mm -hmm. first For my first gigs was really quick at, at nice clubs and I had nice parties um, also with this alias already. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. But after, after several years, um, I had the feeling that, um, uh, yeah, how can I say that uh, I lost my roots mm. and I lost also... Um, I didn't felt connected anymore to to the to the sound which right. I made there and and also to um, um, to the name and everything because I I come from from uh, rock music so I I always listened a lot of rock music for sure I had also parts where I listened like hip hop and everything but it always come back to to my rock right um, stuff so. I, I felt a little bit con uh, disconnected from this and also um, um, I had the feeling that I, I, I made everything what I can do in sound with this alias. So I, I was yeah. somehow in the, in the end of, of this uh, alias, you know. So I was a little bit bored and um, I also wanted to go a little bit more back to my roots and also... Mm -hmm. Be be able to um, to make what I what I want in music, you know. So yeah. because I I had the feeling uh, with Escape to Mars, people were expecting uh, one type of sound always from me, like the spacey universe, um, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which not means that I don't want to make trippy music now if I want, but you know, uh, now I can, I can, um, more easily decided, you know, if, yeah. if I want to do it or not without thinking if it fits my alias, because, uh, Inhalt der Nacht is for sure. I started with, with, um, more completely EBM influenced techno and, and rough techno, but at the moment, I also uh, go go backwards to to different stuff. Oh, not not saying backwards. I mean, for me, um, for me, it's not going backwards. But um, um, at the moment, I'm I'm doing more loopy stuff again, which is in the direction of of this Birmingham sound, for example, which I'm getting really crazy about right now like all the surgeon regis uh stuff is uh i don't know i fall totally in love with this right now it's special so, there is something interesting yeah. in the groove the way that the, the groove was made from from yeah. surgeon uh, yeah totally yeah. totally and it's also really nice that um that the music is so rough and cold somehow but still so warm from the sound quality and, and so beautiful from, from all the elements which are inside. So I'm, I'm quite impressed by this right now. So, yeah, but this is what I, what I meant. Like with uh, Escape to Mars, I limited myself for, for my feelings too much. So I had the feeling, okay, now it's time to make a new step right. and go on. With, yeah. Which maybe I will also do another alias, you know. I don't know. It's it's just I want to I want to be a free person and I want to do whatever I want. So yeah. I want to do. It. I I have uh, some follow up questions on uh, your musical direction evolution. But first of all, like I wanted to ask, when you moved from Escape to Mars to the new alias, what was the uh, one negative part of it? Did you find it hard to uh, then, let's say, start mm -hmm. from scratch? I actually, uh, for sure, it was hard um, because I I, um, I already put a lot of work in, in, into the alias before, and at the hard, it was a hard decision. Or I thought about a lot if it's the right idea, and hmm, I don't know. But in the end, I have to say it was more. Um, really nice and I was really happy to uh, feel this kind of freedom you know I was sitting yeah. at home because during this time I didn't have a studio somewhere I, I was producing music only on my computer at home mm -hmm. and I was sitting at home and I, I always remember this uh, when I started to make a new project on Ableton and I felt so free that it just came out you know and from this moment on I, I feel like okay it was definitely the right decision because before I had always like, hmm, okay, yeah, it's a nice track, but I, I already made something similar and um, yeah, I was a, uh, a lot of times really bored. Yeah. So uh, I, I was actually really happy. So I can see so many, um, so many bad mm -hmm. um, moments from this. I mean, for sure, it's, it's a lot of work, you know? Yeah. Because uh, also when you, when you really, want to keep it going and, and want to push it without any strange, uh, I don't know, yeah. ways, you know, less just going on. Um, 
for sure it's, it's hard work it's always hard work and it will be oh uh, will be never ending that it is hard work um but yeah, then but it made, uh, made you more happy it made you feel more free so it made sense for you to make it yeah What totally totally i was you know from that moment when i was sitting on my computer and and i was super happy with uh, what is going on in Ableton, um, I, I really felt like, okay, this is definitely the right decision and I have to go on with this. Yeah. And, and there's someone, someone on Instagram is saying, inspirational. I wanted to do something to be free. And <laughs> I think yeah. people like the, the, <laughs> the fact that you have been through yourself and yeah. actually went through the hard way, but it, it was the right decision. Yeah, I think this is the most important thing of, of, uh, of being a musician that... Mm -hmm. You always, um, you always try to be honest to yourself and not um, you want to push an alias just to become super famous or whatever, you know. Yeah. So you never know it, if it will be uh, famous or if, it will, if, if there are people are which like your, the style of music, what you're doing. But in the end, this, it doesn't matter, you know, because you have to be happy with the music you're doing. So... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, it's very hard to do it long term. Also. Yeah, but but yeah. also, if if there are people who like your music, there have to be always people who also don't like your music. Yeah, because this is what is art. Uh, what art is living out of. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like, and if you try to please everyone, you end up doing probably shitty music. That's yeah. that's why like, I think like mainstream music. If you think about commercial music, that sounds. Even commercial music, there's more people who like it in terms of like global scale, mm. but there's a lot of people who don't like it as well. Like yeah. you can't do something that everybody likes. And this is as is also good, you know. I think what what we really need uh, at the moment is that more critical comments. Uh, yeah. I mean, good critical comments, not just like bullshit or whatever. I mean, good uh, critical comments is is really needed in 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 the scene and in in music. I think also not only in techno, I think it's everywhere, you know, like yeah. I have the feeling that we lost a little bit the uh, possibility uh, or that the able, um, um, uh, we lost a little bit the chance to, to say that also we don't like it sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. And it's almost like people don't, they either don't share the feedback because they're afraid of sharing it or if they yeah. share that it's like they, they hate, it's because they hate you, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like eight comments or very positive, but in between there is nothing. It's not like a constructive feedback that is shared. To ah, yeah, constructive feedback. This is what I what I looked for for the word. Yeah, man. Do Do you feel the same? Like, do you, uh, actually, let me ask the question another way. Do you have uh, people that uh, or friends that give you constructive feedback, for instance, on your? Yeah, book? yeah, for sure. I'm. I mean, the biggest constructive uh, cr uh, critic uh, is definitely in our in our little gang from from lebendig and and all the friends which are involved also in, in our gang i mean for example um we work really closely with uh, frank heise from space tracks we also sharing a studio together so we are kind of like a big group uh, of of musicians and 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 uh, friends which all are making different stuff. And for sure, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's hard to, uh, to get a, a good way to uh, tell the, the critic 
uh, the constructive critic in it, but I think every one of us is really interested in in learning it to how how can you say it to your friend or to another musician um, what you like and what you don't like. But I think the biggest um, the biggest um, constructive critic I, I get from from my friends for sure, and this is what I'm also really happy about that. Uh, you know, that uh, it's not this kind of friends uh, which always say like, oh, wow, yeah, everything what you do is super nice because this is not what you want to hear. You know, you want also hear if yeah. you if you do shit because yeah. otherwise you don't make step forwards, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the, the, like just hearing these two nice without any specific comments or, or feedback is pretty much useless. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And I also really enjoy, you know, I had... Uh, for sure, also situations when I uh, when I was on tour or something, and after a set, there came people to me and said like, "Hey, man, it was uh, definitely nice to see you, but today uh, you didn't kick me so much. You know, yeah, you, you you didn't. Um, uh, I mean, you, you was not on your highest level today. You know, so and this is yeah. what I what I really enjoy. You know, that people are um, so." honest and and come to me and and say this because um i never will say like hey what the fuck uh, are you stupid or what you know i also yeah. want to hear this because for me um a, a good critical comment is, is the same like a compliment you know yeah. you just have to use it in the right way yeah and it's actually like it's tougher for the person who gives the feedback but it's more valuable for for both I mean, it takes yeah. a bit of courage to go to someone, maybe you don't know them, and say, hey, you know, I like your music, but you didn't play as well as usual, for example. Yeah, exactly. And for sure, man, every every musician has a good day and a bad day. I also listened to some really great DJs um, in, in a club, and, and I felt like, okay, wow, today is definitely not a good day for them. Yeah. I think it's... But it's also nice, you know, because then you see that... Uh, we are all still humans. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I love that phrase. We all see humans. It is uh, very important to remind ourselves. Yeah. And it's always uh, important to keep this, you know, that we are not just machines yeah, from, exactly. from, from the social networks and stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's a lot, a lot to, to speak about that. Um, let, let me ask you another question about, so you, you self-released the, the first EP. Yeah, as uh, in Aldenacht, and uh, you do you think that, that was a successful EP, like in your way of whatever you is your way to define success? Are you mm. happy with the first EP? Yeah, I mean, um, I was back in the days quite happy how how everything went. Mm -hmm. uh, it was also really quick that, uh, for example, Dex Shay, he played my my tracks really. Mm. Since the beginning, actually, one of my first tracks he, he played uh, nearly all the times and stuff like this. And mm, so I, I was really happy about it for sure. I mean, when, when I listen to it now, I, uh, I also see like, okay, this and this, I will <laughs> definitely do like, the, like this again. I would change it and I would do it differently. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm still super happy how everything went. And I think everything was uh was still uh a good decision yeah what was it so Jack j played your track out and that perhaps helped people know your music did mm -hmm. you hand him the promo or how did he find the music um 
Yeah, I think I think I sent him a few tracks, mm-hmm. and also uh, after after a while we had a um, email contact and stuff like this. So I always sent him a few tracks, and uh, then there was the situation that he played in Berghain. Yeah, and uh, he played uh, Lichter. This was I think the third track or, or something which I released back back there. Um, and then uh, I asked him on 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 uh, on email like, hey, what do you think about if I if I just send you tracks for for Mono Black? And he was totally open for it. I mean, he's also a super chilled guy. Yeah. So I think uh, he's always also super open for everything. Um, it just has to have like quality, you know, in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was yeah. And that was a was a twenty seventeen. What year was that, or, or earlier than that? Uh, yeah, something something like this twenty seventeen or or beginning twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few years ago, and so let me. Okay, let's let's stay with the, with the label uh, question. So you released on, of yeah. course, you have your label. You released on other people's labels. Mon on Black is a very good example. What what is important? To, from an artist's perspective, when you look at which labels you would like to release, how do you choose mm. which labels you want to collaborate with? Mm. Um, I mean, um, first of all, for sure, you have to find out which which is the music you really love and uh, which label uh, which label is is uh, releasing this kind of music for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, at the moment, I have to say that there is. Uh, um, I, I keep definitely more an eye on on releasing my my tracks on my own label because yeah. I I f- I feel most free when I release it on my label because I can release whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I don't have to go in in a direction of of any other labels or something, but. Uh, I think you, you, you just you just have to you, ha- you just have to check if you if you feel comfortable with what the what the label where you want to release on uh, is doing and also um, there's I think two types of labels there's like the label where you just release on and you 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 becoming a catalog number number of this label. Right. Or for for example, uh, in in Lebendig, we we are not looking for uh, releasing as many artists as we can. We are more um, like an intimate group of friends, uh, and and we 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 don't have so many musical ru- rules, as I can say it like this. Um, to I, I mean, I don't go to to my friends and say like, okay. I want this and this track now from you. It's more that they show me the tracks and I I tell them like, okay, yeah, this is definitely something what we can release there, you know. So I yeah. I try to to give them as much open space for music directions as I as I can. Yeah. So the second type is basically a label that um, works and focuses on the artist more and yeah. then trusts the artist that they're gonna do the music yeah. a certain way and it becomes. And I think that the good thing about that is that you end up becoming like a group of people who support each other, share feedback with each other, you support each other releases, uh, and you grow yeah. together. Like that's yeah. the, the good thing. 
I think I think it's really nice. Uh, or what I what I really enjoy with Lebendig is that mm. um, I I'm uh, I'm I'm there to support my my friends, and I'm also be able to watch them growing. You know, right. so I I don't have like 100 artists released on my label, um, and at some point I I even don't know them personally, um, and this is what I what I what I keep in focus on it, um, that I always, uh, keep the friend friend base in the, in the, in the front. And then, uh, we can see if the music part is also fitting. Yeah. And, and there's a, so another question I have, like most of the artists that I know have their own label and you included. So Lebendig is, uh, basically like your, your own platform. Do you think for an artist now it's necessary to have a label to grow Let's say he's an artist that wants to play gigs around. It, how important mm. it is for them to have their own label? Mm. Um, I think for sure it can it can help you a lot um, to release it just on your uh, own label because you can just build the yeah. the own story. You know, you don't have to fit in somewhere, uh, and you don't have to change yourself to to fit in somewhere. Um, uh, and I don't know. I I don't know if it's if it's really pushing yourself that you get gigs from it, or or that you I don't know that you become more quickly uh, known in the scene or something. But um, I I say that for sure it helped me always also with Escape to Mars um, to to present to present my music more quickly you know because i can release anything whenever i want right so i i, I really can't say if it if it's helping to to hurry up in in this process process but uh, yeah yeah it, it reminds me of something that i think uh, surgeon said uh, in a in an interview this was like a, an interview that i watched it was probably for 15 years ago and mm. he said that uh, I love the idea of having my label because I can release anything I want when I want it and I, I even think that he said in the in the interview that he said if I want to release like a part um, pigs farting and make a beat with that I can do that because the, I have the freedom yeah. he made the example to say I have the creative freedom to do that when I want it yeah it allows me to put the music that I want out now and yeah. also wait for someone else to Totally agree in this. Totally agree in this. You know, for example, right now, um, during the Corona time, mm. I, I changed my style again because um, I, 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 I decided, okay, this is what, where I'm feeling happy right now with, and uh, I don't have to, I don't have to express myself because of this. You know, I don't have to tell anybody why I do this or, yeah. Um, yeah how it become like this, I just can't do it, you know? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of artists that I spoke with have, have had the same uh, feeling because of Corona. Like when you, I think just before before Corona, the a lot of playing artists, the people who gig a lot, they felt the pressure of having to create club tracks. Mm. That's what sells in this moment in Instagram. Mm. So you need to make a, a banger, otherwise promoters uh, book you less. While now these year of uh, of shit of course of corona like created also the space for people to um, experiment and go a bit more free yeah 
I think I think um, this is one of the good parts of, of of the pandemic right now. You know that I mean for sure in the beginning, like last year or um, yeah, when all this shit started, mm-hmm. um, I was also super pissed and I was sad uh, because so many nice bookings, which I was super much looking forward to, yeah. they just got canceled. You know, and for sure that's that's a really hard feeling, but now um i have a feeling that it is also a good chance to finally um realize again what you really like in music and and which kind of style you you like because in 2019 i had so many gigs i i played like every weekend two or three times yeah so after a while i felt like okay i always have to deliver now i always have to um um make make the people like super much dancing and going crazy and everything but i also felt that um I, which i realized now that i that i lost a little bit um um the, the my my real way you know of of right. what what i really like you know there's no there's no um no uh, or yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah and there's this is what what I really enjoy about this Corona thing right now. That that um, I finally found out again. Okay, this is the music what I want to do now. And I think if I would be on tour all the time, I don't I don't know if I'm if I if I would think like this now. Yeah, yeah because it, it's interesting. Because it, it it is like we are forced to be home. There's no gigs now. Yeah. But but I think that that the beauty of it is that like it makes you understand the direction you want to you want to take with your music mm-hmm. yeah it, it is um i i wanted to ask you something about uh yeah uh f- you you're resident of few parties of course gives mule in yeah. Berlin and um, a few clubs actually and in uh, tbilisi kidi yeah and uh, of course uh rotson in uh, munich if i yeah. pronounce rotson correctly rotson yeah exactly rotson <laughs> <laughs> And how did you end up being a resident for these three clubs? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I mean, uh, being a resident in Berlin is, is um, I think, something what was, uh, was, was a question of time somehow. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I was more uh, surprised that uh, I become resident out of, uh, outside of Berlin. Yeah, For example, in Rote Sonne, mm-hmm. um, it happened like this that that we um we got booked there and since the beginning it was always a really really nice connection we had always super much fun we did some lebendig uh, parties there even like crazy weekender parties and uh yeah all those parties were super crazy and and all of us we didn't expect it from from munich because yeah you know munich, munich has a little bit this it's a posh city is is I mean, for sure, part part wise, it is a little posh city. But what Rote Sonne showed me that there is like this little <laughs> this little island inside <laughs> of the city, yeah, which is filled with so many good people and and uh, underground yeah, techno lovers, probably. Definitely, they are so hungry for good music and and good uh, techno parties. And yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a good friendship from the beginning and. Um, uh yeah after a while they asked me if i'm if i'm interested because i i always play like 
three, four, five times in a year there. So it it just makes sense uh, to have to, you in the, in the to become a resident there. Yeah, and um, this is also what I'm mostly proud of that that I become a resident in Ridi in, in Tbilisi mm -hmm. because uh, um, yeah, it was yeah, it was a little. I don't know, magic story somehow. It was, uh, I got booked there the first time. And before I played there, uh, so many friends, DJ friends, which who, which played there already, they always told me like, yeah, man, you have to go to Tbilisi. It's so crazy. And and after a while, I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's a little bit like, it feels a little bit overrated what you say. But then I got my first booking there. In, in Ridi as well. And from the first night on, uh, I don't know, it was... Special. Definite, yeah, it was really special. And I felt like, okay, this is the place where and why I, I, I make music, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I really love the city. I love the, the people there. For sure, they have, they have uh, hard situations still because uh, political-wise, there's so many shit going on. But um, but the young generation is is making really beautiful stuff out of it. You know, they 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 fight for the freedom there, and, yeah. and they they really enjoy it. It's not like in Berlin at the moment. It's like um, everybody is, um, you know, for them is of course they can go out every weekend and have a party. For but for them in, in Tbilisi, it's it's uh, it's not sure. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, they go there in, uh, after a hard week of work uh, and they go there in, in, into the club and they totally lost everything. They just dance hours yeah. and hours and hours and this is yeah. really beautiful. Yeah, and then I played there. The first time was also closing directly and I played eight hours. And uh, yeah, this was really, really nice. And um After the second time, I played like uh, 15 hours closing. <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah, really, really long. But it was so crazy, you know, because nobody went out of the floor and was just unreal somehow, really unreal. And after, after this uh, day, they asked me, hey, um, we feel really connected to you and uh, we, we would love to have you as a resident here. And... Uh, Yeah, I was happened, yeah. I was super happy because you know after playing two times in, in the club, yeah, uh, getting the request <laughs> of being a resident, it's wow, what an what an honor for me, you know. It's, um, and uh, I definitely keep it an, as a big honor uh, yeah. to be a resident there because it, it's always also really inspiring me. And um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always try to keep a big respect for the scene there, also for the newcomers uh or for the for not even newcomers they do music sometimes more years uh, than i do it but um for the musicians who who now grow up there career wise uh, i have big respect because there's so much quality in in the stuff yeah and uh, yeah and, and, they, and they love the very respectful uh, with the of the scene and they love the dancing they love uh, uh it's something like I, i was in georgia maybe four 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 or five years ago And I remember yeah. pretty much everybody on the dance floor knew the names of the tracks uh, that yeah. played. That it's something that I, I think the other only place in the world where I found the same thing was Birmingham. 
So it was uh, it was interesting. Okay. Everybody's like a super super into music, and, and yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of people connected on Instagram from Georgia because there's a lot of <laughs> heart. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. Hello, guys from Tbilisi, from Georgia. <laughs> Shout out yeah. for the Tbilisian and the Georgian friends connected. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Chris, the so. One other question that I had for you was uh, your collaboration with uh, Peril Tham uh, Asherate Asherate, and uh, uh-huh. so they, you all, they're all like part of your your crew. I understand, right? So, did you yeah. were you friend with them before music? Like, are they some of them at least your old school friends, like from uh, from before your music, or you became friends because of music? No, I mean with with Peril and Tham and and Virgil and. Um, Hacke Peter, this is how you pronounce HKKPGR. Wow. Um, I become friends because of the label, because, um, yeah, I, I just took them to the label and we spent more and more time together. Um, I mean, Virgil and Tam, they, they was living, they was born in Berlin. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for example, Peril, he just moved to uh, Berlin like um, one and a half years ago, if I say it right. Um, so since then we're spending a lot of times together and, uh, they also become somehow my best friends, you know, because, uh, we sharing everything together, you know, it's like we, we have daily contact, uh, we write messages, we have phone calls and we, we share music together. If, if someone finds a new artist and, uh, we put this into our group and, um, yeah, um, The only uh, one which I know also a little bit longer now is Parallax. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, because I released uh, Parallax on my old label already, on, on Module as Escape to Mars. Uh-huh. Um, I released uh, his, first, um, his first two EPs. And uh, yeah, I, I think Jonas, I know now, yeah, a couple of more years definitely. I think right. it's fi- five years already. Jonas is a Parallax. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, it's a good segue because I think both you and Parallax played in Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a magic exactly. place. <laughs> They yeah. Are interesting yeah. magic place. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 something something different as well, you know. It's also something what you what you don't uh can describe when you wasn't there. So yeah. I got very lucky because I, I played in, in, just before COVID, I played in Cuba as well and with pretty much the same people, same crew. And ah, okay. So I was with, with Julio also? And... Julio wasn't there. I think Julio is, is in Germany now. Or yeah, yeah. We... yeah he's, he's always uh, changing from, because he has his uh, company, his dance company, mm. he has here in Germany, but his family comes from Cuba. Yes. And I, I don't know personally Julio. I know Jorge... Uh, mm-hmm. who plays under the name uh, Aragone yeah. and a yeah. uh, few of the other folks over there and it was it was it's amazing like first of all the place is beautiful it's yeah. incredible and, yeah. but the vibe as well it's very nice uh, they yeah. have uh, they made these huge raves in, in, in warehouses uh, yeah. beautiful so uh, the interesting thing is I read that you did a theater play so you did a theater score in Havana yeah exactly And yeah, this, t- t- tell us more about that. Yeah, this was, um, you know, I, I know Julio from, from Bochum. Germany, Bochum, yeah. Bochum is a city uh, in, the, yeah, in the west side of, of uh, Germany. 
And I know Julio from there, from from a little club. And um, yeah, after after a while, he asked me uh, to do the soundtrack for for a theater piece for him in Cuba. And I was uh, really shocked because I I never had uh, experiences in, in playing a live set or um, yeah making making music for for a dance piece in in, in a theater. You know, it's like uh, I was. Uh, <laughs> a little bit afraid if I if I was able to do it, but uh, on the same side, too, totally happy for this chance because I'm always always uh, open for new experiences as well. So uh, yeah, so he invited me to come to Cuba for I stayed there like three weeks or something. Yeah, and um, yeah, I worked in the in the dance school there so i did go every day to the dance school where the dancers of the piece were uh, trying to learn the choreography and and the moves and everything That's amazing. And, I, and i was uh, sitting in the back of this room with my little table and uh, i tried to make uh, the sound of it you know i i watch them always and um i try to to let the music fit uh, the whole piece yeah interesting so, how much so tell us more about like the process of, of creating this core so was there i imagine there was a choreographer that was directing the dancers mm. did the dancers or the choreographer give you some input or specific instructions to make <clears throat> the score or it was more like uh, improvising and then trying to yeah i mean uh for sure he he gave me a little briefing about like okay uh this is the story of of the piece and mm -hmm. But I didn't saw any any movements from it because also they um, they created the, the 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 choreography on the same on the same time I created the sound. Right. So this was really nice because so we 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 could uh, we was able to um, connect completely together. Um, that's why I also went there every day to uh, to to Work. grow. Yeah, to grow together and everything. So um, yeah, it was somehow really spontaneously actually. So I didn't prepare anything. I just went there with my laptop and uh, some MIDI controllers, and uh, yeah, I, I tried to 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 produce everything and to be able to play it afterwards. Also, you know, because I never played a live set, and wow. um, yeah, that was was really hard because also I'm. Uh, it was super hot during this time there. It, I was so much sweating, you know, like this. I'm, I'm this German guy who's sweating uh, directly when it gets above 25 degrees, you know. So I was standing there with 36 degrees and, and totally wet <laughs> trying to make this music always. It was uh, was funny, but it was a nice challenge. And um it was it was a beautiful experience because it was also in the National Theater yeah. of, of Cuba. It's uh, such a nice building and um, it's it's really impressive when you see your name uh, on the on the on the program window, you know. Yeah. So there was a program window in front of the building and then you see like, OK, wow, Danza Compañía Compañía de Cuba and then uh, uh, in Heiter Nacht. <laughs> it's wow, really crazy. That, yeah. That's amazing. It's like. I don't know how many people have the, have had the same opportunity. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's it's really nice, and it also started uh, to uh, grow my interest in in making something like this. You know, yeah. I'm 
since then i'm i'm really interested to uh, also make music um outside of the club situation yeah and uh, i i want to ask you about that because i read that you you were working on something in for germany similar thing in germany yeah uh, i think also with julio with julio all oh, right yeah. okay it, so that's bochum as well yeah exactly okay yeah yeah that's that's amazing so did that did you do it in the end or is it something in, in the middle? Yeah, no, we, we did it here. We did, um, he did uh, like a little uh, theater piece tour. So mm-hmm. we, we didn't stay in one city. We, we traveled around Germany to different theaters and even also in, in Belgium. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we created uh, the same thing, like not the same piece, but uh, like he he's doing the choreograph stuff and uh, i was creating with also another with another um uh, uh musician, musician together yeah mm-hmm. he w- he was also so cool a really really nice uh, musician um so i it was definitely a nice nice um experience as well mm-hmm. it seems like it triggered something in you like an inspiration for sure but also like uh you might have found another way to for you to create a different kind of music, completely different. Yeah. Perhaps at some point it's going to become another uh, alias. <laughs> I don't know if if I if I do it under another alias, but you know, I'm I'm definitely do something like this again. Maybe also I'm thinking about to create my own piece from the beginning. You know, like also yeah. the dance part and and the music part. So who knows? I don't know. Maybe Maybe not. Yeah. Did you have to adapt much of your so because you created as a, in art and art? So did you adapt a lot of the music to, or actually, was the music very different from your normal uh, club stuff? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it was, um, was completely different. I even put in like um, nature sounds and, and 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 real instrument sounds like real bongos and. Uh, and harps and everything and um, violins and and stuff like this. So it's definitely completely different to the stuff I I do for for the club. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And uh, yeah, there's a Amaya, another friend from Cuba, is actually saying it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amaya. <laughs> yeah, he's part of the of the crew also. She's doing also the um, arts artworks. Yeah. Exactly the artworks for for the Rusty Nails party. Yeah, I know. I know it well. I mean, I stayed at her place when I went to Cuba. So, and she's ah, in Berlin now. Yeah, yeah, she moved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she moved here. <laughs> An amazing uh, artist, also like a um, graphic designer. Really yeah, totally. Yeah. Crazy, interesting stuff. <laughs> Crazy, interesting stuff. Very true. Yes. Yeah. Um, one one thing. Let's talk about uh, um, Berlin, the city where you are born, right? Exactly. Born, yeah. 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 And. Uh, <laughs> So I, I read in another interview that you mentioned that sometimes uh, people forget what the reason by, behind uh, going to a club, especially in under, the underground scene, in techno. Uh, you know, what, what would you change in the current music scene? And I'm talking about pre-COVID because now everything is online. Okay, so no yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's so much stuff going not really well in our scene at the moment and also before COVID already. For example, um, yeah, that, that, that people take it so normal that they have open clubs every weekend, 
So they just go there and 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 get high and and yeah. just staying on the smartphone always, you know. But also I see so many other artists. Um, I don't know. They 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 act like like not not real, you know. They just take anything from 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 this uh, techno scene now to to make a brand and uh, to um, yeah to to show how cool they are or whatever and uh, this is what what I really what I really see as a difficult thing for the seed because um, they are even sometimes not uh, focused on making music they just want to be famous you know and this is what I what I really feel sad about right now that uh, yeah this part becomes more and more you know that uh, that it's not important to to make nice or good quality music uh, that uh, instead of, I mean, it's more important or it feels like it's more important to have a big Instagram account right now. Yeah, an Instagram feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is yeah. what um, I really hope this will be changed um, yeah. again because otherwise, um, I don't know, it's, it's just like a big two more uh, from the scene you know which which makes everything super unhealthy and and yeah. super elitaire and and stuff like this i i think it's very unhealthy for at least two reasons because uh, first of all like because it separates us uh, as human we're, we're discussing about this a little bit before the, we started the live but it makes people feel envious like if you are going to a club and i don't know whatever there's 30 people you might enjoy the club but then it's not Instagrammable, if that makes sense, yeah. right? You cannot yeah. put a picture with you uh, or with 30 people because you think, oh, fuck, I'm going to be judged as uh, being uh, like uh, not cool enough because uh, I mm. only see pictures of people who are like having so much fun, uh, having cocktails. Uh, yeah, man, and, and this is so shit, you know? This yeah. is uh, why, why I should take my phone always to the party, you know? It should be different, you know? It should be... You go to the party and just leave your fucking phone inside there because you yeah. are there where you want to be, you know, and not why you why you want to show everybody that you are on a party now and oh wow, I'm so cool. I just mm -hmm. made it into Berghain and stuff like this, you know. Why you want to share this with social network, you know? Nobody is interested in this, you know, yeah. or nobody should be interested in this, you know. Yeah. So I, I really hope this this will change. You know that um, that social network is is not becoming uh, more and more important. And also, um, yeah, I really hope this because then also it will change the situation of that there are too many artists um, in the scene which um, which not should be on this level where they are just because of having a big Instagram account. You know. Yeah. It should be like this, hey, man, cool that you have a big uh, um, Instagram account, but can you can you show me also a good track of yourself? And Where is the music? Yeah, where's the music, you know? And yeah, yeah I really hope this this um, yeah. will be changed. I, th I think, that, I mean, techno is trending in, in a lot of ways now. So the DJs mm. are the new rock stars. So there is a lot of, um, I think, inflation. I think mm. there's a lot of people who get, as you said, like for the wrong reasons. They get because it's cool. They want to show that they go to a bad kind of whatever techno party because that, that now is cool, it's trending. 
I think eventually this is going to go away. I, I, I think it's going to correct at some point. Uh, I, I really hope. Yeah. I, I said, I told you this before uh, we go live. I, I really hope that during the pandemic, all the people getting so much overloaded right now from, from being on a smartphone and watching some others' um, uh, um, Instagram things. And uh, I, I hope that people get so much over. Uh, overloaded from this that from the moment on when everything will be coming normal again that you know that instagram is becoming like a little um breakdown and it, yeah. it's not so interesting anymore because everything what you can see you saw already so yeah exactly it's just that you you see from week to week more selfies from people and more good lives from yeah. people you know Less selfies of people like on the beach. Yeah, man. <laughs> Share music, not selfies. Music. <laughs> it, it, the, the crazy thing is that like it is much harder. Like when you post a selfie, on average, the selfie gets much more interactions, likes, engagement than any music, mm. because yeah. the video now doesn't work as well with the algorithm of Instagram. But it makes it so hard for a lot of artists. Like you, you might just mm. want to share your music, but then you think, okay, I share a picture of me in the bath. And I get 200 people to like it, and then I can mm. tag a track with that. Mm. Or I share my music, and then I have, I don't know, whatever, 100 people. It's mm. tough. And then you're like, fuck it, I'm going to put a picture of me in the bath. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think this, this point, um, we have to go on all together. You know, the, yeah. all, the, all the musicians or artists also from, from other uh, art mm. directions, like even also painters and, and tattoo artists and whatever, um, I think we we have to um, we have to um, we have to take the situation all together and not posting too many selfies anymore on pictures from us and um, try to teach the social media network in yeah. uh, hey we we're stopping this now and um, because we don't want to show only selfies of us and we don't want you to like just selfies more than uh, when we post music you know so yeah. i i think um alone you can't you can't manage this because it's too big right now but i think when imagine all big artists from one day to another they stop posting uh, pictures of themselves mm. and start posting only music or music related um things i think you can also teach the instagram world in like okay wow they they stop doing this and um you get more attention on on the normal things again you know but yeah. for sure when you when more and more people post selfies then of course all the others will like the selfies more instead of um music related uh things or art related things or whatever yeah and and perhaps finding alternative forums or social media, alternative media, non social media perhaps, but alternative media for people mm. to share stuff. For example, uh, whatever, you know, it could be like a email or like a closed Facebook mm. group where people share with each other the music. That could yeah. be another option. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, there, I think there are so many good options. There are even also different websites where, where you can have more like a, like a base, like, um, like MySpace, for example, you know, yeah. where you can see all all important informations from from the from the artist you see one picture maybe 
and then everything what is what what comes new is new music or or tour updates or whatever. I think yep. there are so many websites right now where you can do it, but they are not so famous like Facebook or Instagram. They, it's very hard because then even like you're, it's almost like you need to go against a wave because the, that's, the network is only on, uh, on, on Facebook. So even now mm. when you share stuff, when you share links on Facebook, uh, your engagement drops. So it's very hard to move people from the platform to an alternative. Yeah. Bandcamp is doing a reasonably good job in helping yeah. discover music, yeah. but it's very hard to find someone if you don't know them before, right? It's almost yeah. impossible. Yeah, yeah. this is what I mean. You know, it has to be it has to be a big impact from yeah. a lot of people which which do an, a new step from one day to another, and um, I think then it will work. But uh, I, I I just hope that it will happen in the future. Like, uh, let's see, you know, but I, I see it also, you know, you can, you can, you can make your little, um, you can make your little, uh, steps in this. If, if you start in your group, for yes. example, in Lebendig, we, we start to go backwards from this, you know, we start to not posting something if it's not necessary. Um, we only post something if we have an update, for example, like today I post that, uh, we have this interview here and stuff like this. And I posted the little video you created. Um, yeah. I think when when you when when more and more people go back uh, from this thing or use use Instagram and Facebook different, I think maybe we we can be on a good way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I and I think I mean it, it is hard, but I think as you said, like if we work together, we find ways. Like we always mm. find ways. And. Uh, I'm going to use these uh, changes as a topic to move to the next question that I wanted to ask you. Berlin. Wait, can I, can I just pick up a new beer? Of course, go for One it. Second. I'm, I'm here in a second. I get a club mate. So we go way back. Cheers, man. Samate. Cheers, man. <laughs> I have short highs. Yeah. What is it? Beer? Okay, nice. <laughs> it's um it's like uh an original Berlin beer. <laughs> I think I know this one, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, Pilsner, yeah. Yeah, short highs. Short highs business. One of the Cheers, best. Guys. <laughs> Cheers. One of the best. <laughs> Buy the beer. Yeah. And Chris, so the one thing about Berlin, I, mm -hmm. from personal experience, I came here for the first time, I think in 2012. So it was uh, nine years ago and it was a very different city. Like um, mm. I came here every year for like two eyes or three times at least going to clubs and visiting friends and all that kind of stuff. And one thing that is crazy in, in the changes is that the price of rent is much higher. It's almost yeah. unbelievable. And I remember two years ago, 2018, when I came here and then everybody was really angry at uh, expats. So people were coming from outside and the rationale seems to be that that the price in Berlin, in Friedrichstein, for example, Kreuzberg, it became, became so high, so, uh, so big 
that is uh, almost unsustainable. It is unsustainable for all the locals. And I know you've been also sharing these thoughts with, in another interview. Mm-hmm. You were saying that you see very often in Berlin, buildings are taken down and there is a new massive building, a shopping center, mm-hmm. a mall being created. This is a huge problem for people who are not yeah. here. It, it, they can't understand it. It's fucking hard to make it work here. For this yeah. reason, very hard to find a house. Uh, it makes the market so complicated. Very, very, uh, I don't know, scammy as well. Uh, mm. Have you have you thought about what could be a way for people in the artist community or beyond to make it work or to make a change in Berlin to bring back a bit of the sustainability in terms of living? Oof. Yeah, I it's mean, it's a hard question. <laughs> it's it's definitely a hard question because you know. Um, I always feel a little bit sad about the changings in the city right now because um, it's for sure. I mean, I love Berlin and uh, I I will never stop loving it because it's my hometown and um, uh, I have all of my friends here and and stuff like this, my family and um, Mm -hmm. but of course I'm 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 seeing all the changings and um, I'm also. I, I don't know what to do, you know, because the 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 industry of of the um, of the renting shit and everything is it's so strong and so big, and I actually don't know how how to change this, you know, because mm. um, there are so many demonstrations going on about this, and so many little groups and collectives going together and and try to make like big yeah. impacts and and everything i mean they tried everything and still yeah. uh the lo- the lobby of of this shit is so good so, so big yeah. and and so heavy that nothing changed you know i mean at the moment we have this uh meet and deckle thing yeah. rental cup uh, <laughs> rental cup but you know it still, work. <laughs> still it doesn't work because now we have yeah. the situation that uh, owner house owners from Berlin they don't put new flats into, for example, Immobilien Scout yeah. or something, you know. So there there are no flat flats uh, in in the internet where, what you can rent, and I don't know. It's 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 difficult to find a solution for this. It's difficult to find a way uh, to um, to break this down. I think uh, the only people who really can do something out of it is is the people from the city if they stop yeah exactly if if the government uh doesn't allow anymore to all this um um, invest investors and everything to come here and and making money um i think then it can be changed but i don't know i don't know if if we can or if we are able to change something in it you know probably not as too (laughs) no no But I think maybe it is maybe one day. <laughs> but Hopefully, it, yeah. But it is it is incredibly hard, like much harder than I expected. So, yeah. Sorry yeah. for all the people who are struggling as well in Berlin. It is a felt problem. I'm super sorry for it. You know, it's like, um, and and I'm also super sorry for all the for all the original Berlin people which yeah. are born here. For example, the people who was born in Prenzlauer Berg. Yeah. Um. For example, my my family also comes from Prenzlauer Berg, um, and 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 so many other people which I know who come from there, they are not able 
to to pay the rents there anymore. Right. You know, imagine you are like in the 70s of your life, and uh, then you you get a you get a letter that you have to move out because the the house is uh, sold to someone else and the renting costs are exploding to to this and this. Fucking crazy. I don't know. It's it's fucking fucking hard you know and and i i can't imagine how hard it is but i i really i i, I wish i would be able to stop this you know and and yeah. to go to make everything a little bit normal again and also we don't need more shopping centers here in, in berlin you know we have so many shopping centers here in berlin yeah. and even the, the new one in in Warschauer straße yeah the huge one um, yeah yeah the, it's so Next huge the, yeah and right. And it's it's just three stations far uh, from from Alexanderplatz where you can buy everything. Yeah. And I don't I don't get why why they built another shopping center there. But the good thing is that that the shopping center isn't working. You know, it makes more debts every month that uh, instead of making money. So. Yeah. It, I don't it, know, man. it really feels like a massive bubble as well. Like I I come from London. I lived in London for eight years. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, all big cities, I think. All big cities, yeah. you know. All big cities are fucked with this gentrification shit, you know. It's yeah. Also, when you when you look at New York or or also upcoming cities, mm. you know, like I don't know. I I think also Tbilisi is such an interesting city, but I see also the danger there. Yeah. That uh, you know, yeah. people, some investors, they come there and they see how beautiful the city is and how. How uh, interesting it is also for people outside from from Tbilisi. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I really hope uh, that Tbilisi will stay uh, f away from this gentrification shit. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I hope so. Too. We got we got a lot of messages on, on Instagram. People saying, "Yeah, I'm from New York." It's the same. Yeah, yeah. hi to New York. <laughs> <laughs> hi to New York. <laughs> and I think the next one up after Tbilisi is Kiev. Like that is a danger. Mm. Of, of yeah. This. Yeah, yeah. I, I think all the, all the all the old cities, which has this old beautiful buildings, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, which are more and more concentrating people or young people in in the center. I think those cities are really in danger um, yeah. of of all the investor stuff. Very hard. And uh, for all the people connected, that we go, I'm going to ask more couple of questions more to Chris. But if you have questions, type them in uh, Facebook, possibly if not on Instagram, and we're going to ask them to Chris in a second. Uh, Chris, um, personal question, uh, kind of. What is your favorite mm -hmm. uh, abandoned place in Berlin? I, I have a. If you mm -hmm. have any any suggestions. Um. Yeah, I mean, if I say this now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Maybe it will be not ever don't know. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm joking. But um yeah, there are so many nice places in 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 Berlin. What I now at the moment really enjoy is um um uh, the the area around Rommelsburg mm. um where the big industry is and everything because uh, there you have the feeling that um yeah The gentrification is not so uh, so high at the moment, yeah. and uh, there's more like big industry places and stuff like this. There's also the Funkhaus, and um, yeah, Funkhaus is still the same nearly, like it was some years ago. For sure, things are changing there as well, but 
Um, this is what I what I really enjoy at the moment because yeah. you can go there, uh, enjoy the water side of Berlin, like the Spree is going there, and you can have uh, a walk on the water. Where Monomy is, the, the club. Also. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But also I really enjoy just walking around in Treptower Park because... Um, Yeah, it's 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 just a, a beautiful park in the middle of the city, and um, if you want to see like really abandoned um, places, I mean it it also gets less and less, you know, because so many big uh, industry places. For example, in Köpenick, there is there was so many uh, empty industry fabric places, but now uh, investors come there. <laughs> And bought the places, and they 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 try to build in flats in there, and they rent it out, and yeah, it's it's, it's getting it's getting less definitely, but um, there are still a few places um, which are really nice, but it's more more uh, in the outskirts, exactly yeah. in, in in the outside of Berlin, but yeah. Um, yeah, you just have to find it out, you know, you just have to. <laughs> go to Google and you you have to look a little bit or have to search a little bit in there yeah. and then you will definitely find something. You just have to find it out and don't tell anyone otherwise it becomes... Yeah. <laughs> don't make any Instagram. <laughs> no, don't post your Instagram. <laughs> no location. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let, let me ask you a question about you mentioned you were listening to you're getting inspired by the Birmingham uh, music the old mm -hmm. Birmingham music from Regis I guess and yeah. Surgeon you mentioned Are there new producers that are making that kind of music that you are listening to in particular? Mm -hmm. um, I I mean I try to find new music also, which is in the in the direction of 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 this kind of style. But I have the feeling that uh, this Birmingham style is uh, not so popular or something in in the new new scene. I can say. Um, There's just like um, this guy from from Bare Hands is the label, and ah. I don't know if if I if I say it right, but it's S E D uh, V S, so Zedas or Zedfs. I don't know yeah. if, how to say it, but he's he's doing music um, in in the direction of this Regis Regis mm. style, which I really enjoy. I'm I'm gonna check them out. Yeah, bare hands. It's also a really nice label. Bare hands. Mm. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but 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 I I actually don't get um so many newcomers or I don't found so many newcomers which doing this type of music. So yeah, if there are newcomers right now which are doing this Birmingham sound, send, send it. it send it to me. I want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> send it out. Send it out. I want to hear it too. Uh, yeah. I think now that I'm getting a lot of promos and I would say 80% are like the banging grave tech, no? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the trending. Yeah, but you know, it's like, this is also one reason why I wanted to change my style yeah. again because, I don't know, I, I was so bored of, of, <laughs> of all this. Too much. Stuff. Yes, it was definitely too much, you know? It was... Like all the promos you get and all the all the releases you checked out, which come out last year, I had the feeling, mm. I mean, 80% of them, for sure, in my opinion, sounded the same, you know? Mm. It was always like the super hard kick drums and 
Then it comes a lead bass line, you know, like this. Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, for sure, there are nice tracks still, yeah. but I don't know. I, I get I get too bored of it, and um, I, I I I didn't can enjoy it anymore. It's it's yeah. I, I, I agree. And it's not that they're not nice tracks. It's that like if you're listening always to the same things or you're getting a 50, 70 piece of music in promo or you're mm. listening to Bandcamp, but it's always similar music, it loses the value. Yeah. And also also the um, um, the feelings, you know, the emotions. Yeah. Uh, I, I had the feeling that, that um, the music is only uh, produced because uh, it is this what all the people think uh, this is what you need to to become mm -hmm. famous to do a track like this you know but i don't know there's so less emotions and feelings inside there um yeah and this is what what i really feel uh sad about uh, the techno music that i don't know that uh, that there isn't not so many risks anymore yeah. in there you know because variety as well nobody yeah. is taking a risk anymore to release something what maybe no people wants to hear, you know? Yeah. So, and it's becoming, it's almost like a self-reinforcing circle cycle. Yeah. Um, also, like the premier channels that before were very diverse, there, were, there was a lot of diversification. Now, if you do the banging rape techno, it's super easy to place it in a lot of premier channels because they mm. know that it works. They know that a lot of people are going to stream it, download yeah. the apps. If you do other stuff, especially like broken techno, it's impossible to blaze almost like there is maybe yeah. four channels that do that still. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a bit crazy. Yeah. These guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let me ask you some of the questions from the people. I think okay. Uh, all right. This is interesting. What's Rafa? It's Rafael Dinskoy from, from so. Lehmann Club in Stuttgart. Uh, yeah. I think I know his music as well. Yeah. It is, yeah, British Martyr Boys, Birmingham Sound. Do you, okay. Yeah, I would define them as Birmingham Sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they are, they are, in, they are the creators of, of the sound. Yeah, they are, they, they are the owners, I think, from this part, uh, from this type of sound, I think. Yeah. Because, because yeah, because they are from, from, from Birmingham and, and I think, I think they, they created this type of of music you know and I, I i even yeah. don't think they wanted to create it you know they just they just made it you know and yeah. they, they i think they don't thought okay man uh <laughs> listen we have to we have to do this style now birmingham techno is the next big thing here i think they just i, I think they <laughs> yeah. just make it and and the out world the outside world is yeah. giving the name birmingham style you know to it that's the other interesting thing. It's like it's very easy for us as humans to uh, make the thinking uh, in uh, in hindsight. After twenty years have gone by, thirty years have gone by, we're like, ah, I'm sure these guys have thought that they were gonna be lasting <laughs> forever. I don't, I, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Slightly <laughs> <Most> not. <laughs> Chris, if you were not a music producer, what job do you think you would do? This is a question from the audience. Um, um i think maybe i would have like a really nice coffee shop um 
because I'm I'm a big coffee lover and uh, before before the music I was uh, working as a barista a lot so um, this was my kind of kind of passion uh, before uh, the music becomes so important for me um, so I think maybe I would have like a coffee store mm -hmm. somewhere here in Berlin. Um, or what I also really uh, like is um, to work for homeless people. Right. I think something like social worker or so. I think I would maybe some some of those two. Yeah, there is there is a uh, yeah. I think I mean I was gonna say there is a trader I know in London that does an amazing job. But I think it's called Beam, and they they put homeless people into training. Eh? So they help them, they crowdfund money. So they help them to get access to training, to get back to jobs. Amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Pretty That's cool. nice. Yeah we, have, yeah, we have something um, similar here in, in, in Berlin. Mm. Um, there's also a company which, um, I mean, for sure, it's, it's super hard. And, and it's super hard to also get from someone who don't have any papers. Yes. Um, like to to get the papers back and everything but there's something here in 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 Berlin also um which is called obdachlosenhilfe so uh, um homeless homeless help um which are doing this like they they take people to uh to this thing and they they also give uh, the the chance to uh to live there so they get a little room there and um, they have to go to the social workers and talk with them and um, they try to help them to get back to the normal life. So Right. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna find out the, the link. I'm going to put it in the show notes for this. And so let me ask you this question because I think it's relevant to this. If you had 1,000 euros and you were just to donate them to a charity, what charity would you pick? Could be this one or another one. Mm. Yeah, I think I would spend it to this or or to uh, to something which is uh, refugee related, because yeah. for me in, in in my world now this is um, those are the two biggest problems right now which we definitely need need to solve somehow, because there are more and more refugees and there are more and more homeless people, so I yeah. think. This is definitely something to keep an eye on and 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 hopefully uh, something which we can fix in the future. Yeah, I mean we we managed to to have uh, uh, almost to go to Mars <laughs> <laughs> to colonize Mars, and I think we should sort out the problems that we have here on Earth. I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is so stupid, you know. Why we look uh, if yeah. there is another planet? Uh, where we can live on we have here a planet so we have to fix everything here and and man our earth is such a beautiful place you know so exactly yeah why you why you want to look for something else it's just stupid <laughs> and i i think it will not happen you know it's like yeah i i think it's it's time for us to solve this problem yeah <laughs> and the berlin housing situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully this will be changed too yeah yes <laughs> Uh, going back to production, uh, let me mm -hmm. ask you a question. How do you deal with writer's block? So when you feel uninspired, how do you deal with mm. that? Oh, yeah, man. I, I had uh, a long period of um, 
of creative blockade and and um, of uninspiring time. Yeah. Um, just last year, actually. Um, and I had the feeling that um, it it is always connected to um, oh, it's it's a, it's a way of your brain, of your creativity to show you, hey man, maybe you should check if you definitely if you not want to change your way of making music you know yeah because when you're bored it means that you that you have to find out what what makes you happy again and i mean for sure even if you find the the thing what inspires you again you will not go every day to the studio and make a make a track yeah um, because you can't force your your brain and yourself to to be creative all the time it, it gives always periods where Where you go to the studio and everything works, and it could it gives always uh, periods where you go to the studio and you think like, okay, fuck, uh, maybe I should stop <laughs> making music, you know, and getting <laughs> depressed and uh, getting fucked up about this, and and yeah, I don't know, maybe then you just uh, you, you just you know turn yeah. your brain off and and stop making music, give yourself always. Um, the chance to um, to uh, reset, uh, yeah, to reset and and mm -hmm. also to to get inspired again and don't be sad uh, if if not every day or not all the time is is something coming out of your machines. You know, it's it's just normal and yeah. it's just it just show you that that you are still uh, a human and uh, a, a human with soul and and character. So. Yeah, and do you the one question? So the, the writing block that you had last year that was after COVID. So that was mm. after the lockdown started, or was before? Um, it started also before, but I think before it was the problem that I was touring so much that uh, I didn't had the chance to to think about studio and and um, to think about okay, which 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 type of music I want to create now or I, I was just super uncreative in the studio during the time when I when I was on tour um, because you know you are totally focused on on traveling and uh, getting not not too fucked up from the traveling and and, and the sleeping periods and stuff like this so um, yeah I think this was just the time when it started but yeah. The biggest creative blockade I, I had um, in the beginning of, of Corona, where I also uh, I always forced somehow myself um, to make a new hit, because I had the I had the feeling that I have the pressure. Okay, now now uh, when we don't have any gigs, uh, I have to do like a big hit that I don't get um, you know forgotten, uh, forgotten and and everything. So I was a little bit afraid about this and. Then the moment when when I um, when I fall in love with this other styles like Birmingham uh, and and Regis and and everything, I I don't know I I felt like okay now the blockade is completely away and I'm just sitting in the studio and even if I don't make a track ready right now but I'm I'm just happy to be there in my studio with my machines and I'm I'm, I'm enjoying just patching on my modular system and uh, being on my uh, analog rhythm um, yeah so I'm, I'm just enjoying this and if a tracks comes out I'm happy 
but if not, it's totally okay, you know. And you have it anyways. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be totally okay that an artist uh, also ha has a period where maybe you don't release an EP or something in, in one year, you know. Maybe you, you don't release anything in one year, but it should be okay, you know. It should be, you should be not forgotten just yeah. because of this, you know, because it's it's also always hard work for uh, to to be in this creative mood and, and yeah. everything. It takes a lot of energy to yeah, uh, definitely yeah. yeah, which is also nice, you know. But and that's another problem that I think I've seen a lot of artists being challenged with, which is I think about Spotify or the social media how it works. They want creators, artists included, to create content constantly. Yeah. So sometimes uh, people feel forced to have to put out stuff uh, every month. Yeah. So they, they decide the frequency every two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, even if when is um they feel forced about that, and then it, the result is that they burn out mm. because you're, you're trying to do something that is not it doesn't feel natural. And yeah. You're something that is almost like mechanical and forced. Yeah. When it comes out. Yeah, and and artists should not support this, you know, mm. because you as an artist you should decide when you want to release something and when not, you know, I, I don't want to release anything which I'm not happy with anymore, you know, so I don't want to force myself anymore. And if I don't release an EP in one or two years, you know, then, fuck it. It, then fuck it. It is like this, you know? So, yeah. but if I'm happy with the music I release, I think all the other people will enjoy this much more, you know? I think so. It, it, it quality out, quality over quantity yeah it it, it comes out uh, uh yeah i think it comes out when you make the music if it's like true to you and you are happy but also you're more proud of sharing it so mm. it doesn't feel like uh force yeah and also you know it's um because of this pressure that that there's so much music released every day yeah um we totally lose the the chance to to let a track grow you know mm. because i mean when you look back on 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 the 90s there there was there's there are tracks which are still played now just because of we don't have this this overhyped pressure machine from 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 the from from the streaming platforms or the social networks you know yeah so and this is what what i what i really take also for myself you know that i had to learn it for sure i think it's also just normal because i'm still super young i'm i'm 20 28 now mm -hmm. and um i have to learn a lot and um yeah i always try to to not follow those those rules like yeah. unofficial rules or whatever yeah i i I don't know. Like it's, uh, I I agree with you. I think that's it's a good way. Like in, you know, in like if you ask me, maybe twelve twelve months ago, maybe a year or two, or two years ago, I was like, no, an artist has to produce like so much constantly and put out stuff. Yeah. But I realized that I think it's very personal. Like, and if you if you feel like you don't want to release stuff, like it, fuck every rule, you know. So yeah, and, and also, I mean, when I look on on myself, and I I really. Um, enjoy an artist and 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 for example i i found out a really nice release and i totally fall in love with this release and i really enjoy also the waiting time of hey okay when is the artist releasing something you know 
but if if the artist which i really enjoy then is releasing every month something mm. after a while i would think like okay wow okay he released again something yeah okay and wow there's again something and this will be too much for me definitely so i'm i'm also enjoying the, the time of waiting and then listen listen all the old stuff of the artist and then until the time he released the new stuff i'm super happy you know then you go mm -hmm. directly to the record store and uh, buy the record and you listen the record 10 times and even more and you enjoy it so much and then it's okay again yeah then you wait again for the next for the next one yeah yeah which can be in one year in two years whatever yeah and uh, someone's yeah someone is also saying the music market and streaming platform are not paying artists enough that's mm. not the incentive for people to create more but but i agree with you i think it's sometimes it's too much if it feels yeah. too much it's probably too much yeah yeah uh chris i'm gonna ask you the last uh, quick questions and then we wrap up okay uh okay so question from people do you think tbdc scene is more genuine and than berlin now and it might become the next berlin in four or five years uh, I hope it will not. <laughs> I hope it will not become the next Berlin because um, for sure outside of Berlin, the Berlin scene always sounds so uh, holy and nice and <laughs> wow, we, yeah. we have, we have a good scene here, but um, don't believe in anything what you hear about Berlin, you know, because Berlin, the Berlin scene has, has massive problems uh, like before the pandemic. Of course. And uh, that's why I say, okay, I really don't hope that Tbilisi will become the next Berlin. I just hope that Tbilisi will make it better yeah. <laughs> in some points than Berlin right now, you know? Yeah. So, and I hope that um, Berlin um, becomes more like Tbilisi now, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that Berlin takes steps backwards and, um, and not, not just, you know, yeah overhyping <laughs> over everything right now you know yeah. because you i mean need that <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's it's not a good way now you know because how how long you can go on with this now you know in berlin so i don't yeah. i don't think like the situation now would not survive so many years yeah it's probably not sustainable it's an oversaturated market mm. uh and it's becoming like trendy so people are like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and what I, what i found most is that you know that that people and artists should enjoy much more again to to be part of the music scene here and not not just taking the possibility of presenting themselves and you know just get fucked or something right yeah, yeah. so yeah I think it's a, it's a sign of like things not going that well. If like artists are just coming to play and they finish playing and they're like off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I also don't like, you know, when, when people play in Berlin and then they, they try to, uh, to promote this thing that they play in Berlin. It's mm. so good and so big that they play in Berlin. Uh, and then in the end they play maybe at a little party and 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 was nothing really so big how they describe it on the internet you know they make they make things bigger than they are and this is what 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 in berlin happens a lot and because of this people forget uh what or or how how it should be 
in normal ways, you know. Yeah, exactly. And the, so there is another question from the audience, uh, which is: um, Do you think and or hope that techno will revert to be punk and being underground again? Perhaps like the underground resistance in the yeah. very early days, probably thirty years ago now. Mm. Um, I I think it's. Um, it's really hard to bring techno back to the underground because um, electronic music is a new type of music which 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 just is is born now, you know, and it's always growing and growing and growing. So I think it's really hard to bring it back to the underground. But I hope that, as I said before, that we we all are able to handle it yeah. in a more healthy way again. Yeah, I like the sustainability is the important thing. Yeah, and not over not overhype everything uh what what comes out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Chris, it has been super interesting. I, I'm gonna ask you the last very two last questions that we always okay. ask to every guest. Um who is a guest that we you think we should really speak with and why? Uh oh. <laughs> good question. Um, I think there are many artists, uh, but for me, the artists who maybe should have the most interesting answers could be Ancient Methods. Oh yeah, because he, because he, um, I think he has a good, a good viewing and a good, um, a good way how to handle everything. So yeah. I think if if he is talking about stuff, uh, we all can learn something from it. Yeah, he's a great person, and I I love his music personally. I really yeah. like the music. Great really artist. inspiring. Really inspiring, yes. And uh, what question would you like us to ask the next guest without knowing who they're going to be? What again? Sorry. What what question would you like uh, us or me to ask the next guest that we have on the show? I think what's most interesting to hear is how they see uh, the problems of the scene, you know, like, I think this is really good if you discuss this with all, all the artists uh, which come, which come uh, next to your show. So I think it's, yeah. it's, it's good to, um, to, to let the words out um, about our problems in the scene, you know, to not only talk about the positive sides about everything. And um, I think it's it's now at the moment more important than ever to talk about the problems of our scene and how we can solve them in the future. I agree. And uh, yeah, this has been a super interesting way to, to do it. Uh, I think yeah. it, is, it, it is the only way we can change stuff is to start with yeah. discussion. And I think now, you know, now we have the time to talk about this yeah. and to find ways to to fix problems and and to yeah to overthink maybe some some ways how everything is going on right now yeah to act as a community as a yeah exactly Act, again more like community because at the moment we are not a real big community because at the moment uh the techno scene is is leaded by uh by egoism and um yeah self promoting yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. And there is a, a question from the previous guest, Electric Indigo, who was asking, what is your current favorite gear 
for production? Um, my current favorite gear is uh, the Verbos uh, complex oscillator because I, I just got myself... Uh, um, um, it's, mo this, it's a model? It's a model, yeah, exactly. And I think at the moment I, I love this, this module more than everything else because you can do everything with it and uh, it just sounds so tight and so rough and yeah i i just love it there was convex oscillator nice I, i'm gonna check it out <laughs> yeah chris this has been great a pleasure to have you on the show to speak thank to you. you thank you for inviting me <laughs> thank <laughs> you for for accepting there is a, a lot of people who are saying so true uh true words love from argentina chile tbilisi of course crazy germany <laughs> there is <laughs> Taranto, Italy, so there is... All around uh, the world. <laughs> so all around crazy. the world, yes. <laughs> and I hope uh, at one point we can be all together again. Yes. Likewise, guys, stay safe. We're going to yeah. be back all together on the dance floor. Take care and make music. Good make music. music. <laughs> stop, stop posting selfies. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Okay, man. Then thank you, guys. Thank you for everything. Thank you for tuning in and see you soon. See you soon. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Hello, this is Joseph again. If you made it this far into the podcast, we would love to hear your feedback and you can leave any comments anonymously or with your name and also suggest whom we should interview next via the link bit.ly slash hos underscore feedback. Basically, bit.ly hos underscore feedback. If you are a creator or work in music, you can also check our website uh, www.homeofsound.co.uk for on-demand masterclasses with creators such as Ansom, Scaramaria, Francois X, Swarm Intelligence, Freddy K, Face Fatal, Vijay Martinovna, Malika Maria, Lag, BSK, Romek, Manidi, Arjun Bagale, and many, many more. And again, thank you for listening, engaging, and being with us home. Until next time.